tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to an all-new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado and I'm here with my men in stripes today, Mr. George Hermosa and Mr. Oh, Jay Tan. I didn't Check even notice that out. Look at that. Dressed to impress, and yet we didn't even think about it. Didn't but leave it to it. a lady to pick it out. I always notice those things, boys. <laughs> uh, you guys can hashtag us at ABTV on Twitter to join in with our conversation. It's ABTV USC. Please uh, do. Please do. We love hearing your questions and comments. We have really exciting lineup tonight with UFC 185. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at DarryB28. You can find George Hermosa at G Hermosa. And you can find Jay Tan at JTan716. Guys, let's dive in, because we have UFC 185 that took place at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas, over the last over this last weekend. Uh, it was headlined by Pedos and Dos Anjos, but that wasn't the only title sh- uh, title shot on the card. We also had Carla Esparza versus, ready, Joanna Yenjacek. Nailed it! I think I did. Now, <laughs> now hold on. How do you spell it? Oh, jeez. That's, That's the million dollar quote. You can well, pronounce it, but how do you spell what's it? What's funny is you're not covering it. So J E D R V E. Anyway, wow, there's no V. You lost. And on top, <laughs> on top of that, we also had uh, Johnny Hendricks versus Matt Brown, which could possibly headline a, a fight night itself. So, so can, sure. so can uh, Roy Nelson versus Alistair Over. That's a very good point as well. This show is absolutely stacked. Uh, stack, stack, stack. The company continues its role of, uh, of great uh, great main cards, at least, and there was some decent action on the undercard as well. Absolutely. Um, this one, I think, will stand out for the year. Shall we run through the results so we can get into Let's the good it. stuff? All right, I'm going to start at the bottom uh, of the main card. We have Jared, the big show, Rachel versus... Josh Cuddly Bear Copeland. Uh, Rachel wins via TKO in round three. Uh, then we had Darren uh, Superstar, Detroit Superstar, I like that. Uh, Crookshank versus Benil Derouche. Benil Derouche won via rear naked choke in round two. Uh, we had Elias, the Spartan Th- Theodoro. Theodoro, um, who defeated uh, Rogers Silverback Navarres via TKO in round two. We had Ross, the real Joe Pearson, versus Sam. Hands of Stone. Hands of Stone. What did that, that mean? Ross had he hands of stone. Really strong to be sure. hands. That he was did. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Uh, that Pearson was one of the first guys. Won via TKO in round two. And on to the main card, we had Chris Kamikaze Carriasso defeating Henry. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Nope, that nope. is not what happened. <laughs> he fought Henry Cejudo, but Henry Cejudo yep. defeated. Carriasso. Yes, ma'am. Uh, via unanimous decision. And then Roy Nelson versus Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem won via unanimous decision. 30-27 all around. Uh, Johnny Hendricks defeated Matt Brown via unanimous decision as well. 30-27 all around. 30-27 all around. And then Carla Cookie Monster Esparza. The champ is no longer the champ. Um... And she will not be eating that expired cookie. We'll talk about that in a minute. Maybe she ate it. Maybe that was a problem. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, Joanna 
and Jacek beat her via TKO in round two. That was crazy. And then, of course, Anthony Showtime Pettis is no longer our champion as well in the lightweight division. Rafael Dos Anjos is the new champion via unanimous decision 30-27 all around. Okay, guys. First of all, I want to ask you guys, out of the two title fights, which was more surprising to you? Carla losing her title hmm. or if Anthony I, Pettis? If you forced me to pick, you twist my arm. I'm twisting. Twisting my elbow. Twisting. Twisting my foot. Twisting. I'm going to have to go with the women's straw weight. I, that was not... I was shocked at that. Were you shocked that it was a finish or were you shocked Both. that she won? Both. Both. All around. I, I did not have her beating Carla Sparza. I did not have her finishing Carla Sparza. Right. Um, like, if, if she would have won, I would have, at least, you know, I would have said maybe grind her out. But just the, oh, my God. That was shocking. What do you think that leaves for the strawweight division for the women? Do you, do you think that Joanna's going to stay there for a while and she's going to be? opens her right up. Do you think yeah. she's going to be unbeatable, yeah. or do you think there's some girl? Uh, this is just going to be a I really mean, competitive con- division. Con- we'll probably talk about it a little bit more later. But concerning how competitive her last fight was with Claudia Gedalia, uh, I wouldn't say as dominating. I wouldn't put her in the Ronda Rousey category just yeah, yet. But, I agree. Um, you know, it's hard for anybody to be in the Ronda Rousey. Category. Yeah, if anybody yes. knows about but, that about that division, it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that last. Uh, it, here's the thing: we uh, with Joanna, there's a new name now to. The mix of what th- 15, 16 women that mm-hmm. for the most part, m- most of them we got to know throughout Tough 20. And I think there's about 30 now in the strawweight division. Yeah, possibly so. But of the first, the, the top 15, you know, right. most of them were, were from the cast. And so, uh, Joanna, we've now seen her against two of them. One was a super competitive fight, which, uh, as we talked about last time against uh, Claudia, I, I, well, she I wasn't personally. She was on the season, though. Right, no, no, but well, my point top, is that the top, of the top right, 15 now, we've right. seen her against two people, Carla and Claudia, mm-hmm. and I personally thought that Claudia eked out that match. I would have judged it to, or given her that match, mm-hmm. um, but Joanna clearly is, uh, you know, shown, she showed more skill, you know, um, a, a bigger, a, a better repertoire. I don't know how you want to phrase yeah. it specifically, but she, there's no no denying that she had Carla's number that night. What were you more surprised at? I Honestly, more surprised with Anthony Pettis. Because, really? yeah, I mean, I love Anthony Pettis. I love his striking. I think he's amazing. And I never, I, Rafael Dos Anjos, don't take anything away from him. He, he's obviously a fierce competitor. We saw that last mm-hmm. night. But I really just thought Anthony was going to reign champ for a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anyone beating him in the near future. Um, but that being said, I was clearly wrong. And um, the, Carlos Barza and Joanna surprised me as well. I definitely didn't think it was going to be a TKO in the second round. Yeah. But I was interested to see, because Carlos Barza, I look at Carlos Barza versus Tisha Torres, because that's the most similar matchup to Carla versus Joanna in the sense that they that Joanna and Tisha share a high, high-level stand-up game. Mm-hmm. Tisha Torres is a very high-level Muay Thai striker, and when she fought Carlos Barza, that was almost zeroed out because of how good Carla's wrestling was to her. Um, every time she went to strike, she was getting taken down or defending a takedown. Even if Carla didn't finish the takedowns, yeah. she was too busy defending a takedown to use her striking. So I thought that something similar would play out with this fight. But Joanna clearly uh, um, was had a better takedown defense than, than Tisha and was able to just get out of those bad situations so well. And um, even with the l- relentless wrestling tactics by Carla, she just persevered and had the better striking. I read a stat uh, online somewhere. I think that um, Joanna had stuffed like 16 out of 17 takedown I attempts. I believe it. 
I, you know, what impressed me though, at least for the first half of the match, uh-huh. um, I thought Carla came out. She was working really hard for those uh, takedowns. I thought I saw two in the first round, or at least mm-hmm. the first half of it. Um, so I'm not sure where the 16 out of 17 came. But regardless, um, you know, she worked hard for them. She didn't get them easy, mm-hmm. and from there, it seemed after that, it seemed like Joanna figured out. Uh, the game to stuffing and nullifying the takedowns. I wonder if that brought Carla out of her game uh, at that point, uh, out of her headspace, or or if it was something else. I mean, certainly, you know, all credit to Joanna. Um, she figured out, you know, figured out the key to the uh, yeah to Carla's problem. I think uh, a, a big part of when you fight someone that has such a high striking pedigree, or vice versa, fighting someone with such a high wrestling pedigree, is you go in there with these preconceived notions that that's what they're going to do to you. Um, even if you try to tell yourself, oh, be ready for anything. When you have that preconceived notion, you go in there like mm-hmm. Carla as far as is a wrestler. <clears throat> She's not going to land an overhand right and knock me out. You know what I mean? You go in there with those mm-hmm. with those ideas in your head, and it's really hard to get them you know, to go away. And I think that Carla went in there with the mindset of, I'm going to wrestle her mm-hmm. because she is a kickboxing world champ, and I will never beat her standing even up. Even in that first round, you can tell just how know. That, was I, that single leg takedown. Like, she just kept on it and got on it and got on it. If she was confident with her striking in this fight, we would have seen her maybe give up on the takedown once Mm -hmm. it became apparent you're not getting it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, strike. Because there was opportunities to strike. Especially, like, on the way out of the takedown and stuff like that. But she was... Takedown... When she didn't get the takedown, she, she got the hell out of there. But she didn't know what to do. She didn't know but what to do. at this level, I, I think it's something other than... I have to assume it's something other than strategy or... or I, I think it's, you know, something... In that scenario, whether it was day of or um, or, or just her perspective or something, because at that level, and especially a team as well-versed as Team Oyama, where mm-hmm. Carla comes from, mm-hmm. you don't go in there with just one strategy and not have a, a plan B or C, you know? I, I can't believe that they go in there and w- without having thought about other dimensions. I'm um, not saying that was her original game plan, but if you look at the fight, it's very apparent that all she wanted to do was wrestle. She wanted no part of Joanna's stand-up. That's what she was going for, Maybe yeah. it was after getting hit a couple times that she was like, whoa, I don't, I don't want to play could there. Be that, yeah. It could have been that. I'm not saying it was, you know, oh, I'm going to go in there and just wrestle. But like I said, sometimes you just have that subliminal, uh, you know, thought process of Is it like you can't get out of, uh, out of plan A? You just keep going to that, and right. you you, well, uh, you almost forget Plan B, maybe or something like that. She was a like collegiate that? wrestler. I mean, and you look at people that have been practicing one sport for so long, Ronda Rousey, judo forever. If she ever gets in a bad situation, I guarantee you, her fight or flight will be her judo. I get what you're saying, but I don't. I, I, th- I think that's less of a scenario at that high level when right. you're a, a UFC world champ, and certainly Carla as well. For as long as she's been training. That's that's why I, I'm a I bit did, hesitant about it. But I, I hear what you're saying, but I think trouble's trouble. When you're in trouble, yeah. your mind tells you one thing, and that's you know yeah. whatever your last resort is. I think it just goes to show that that's just how good uh, Joanna's Muay Thai is. Yeah, I mean it. It isn't just high level would be like an insult. Yeah, it, it is yeah. like high Olympian universal galax, mm. galactical you know level. I mean, and that just showed the way she finished because that was just. That was just shocking to me. I, I was, was not beautiful. expecting it at all. Yeah. And it's so precise, too. Like, everything's so, so accurate. accurate. None, n- so none accurate. of these wasted motion. I think there was a stat. I think she only, out of, like, her first 25, I think she missed only, like, three strikes. I believe it. Strikes. She was definitely um, pretty accurate. But, yeah, that. it was. Let's start at the bottom of the main card. Um, we're going to start with Chris Kamikaze Carriasso and Henry the Messenger Cejudo. So, Henry Cejudo has been quite a name in the UFC for not making weight, right? 
He's a he's a wrestler, wrestling background. Um, he Olympic gold medalist. Olympic gold medalist, of course. He didn't make weight his last UFC fight at Bant- Se- second. Yeah, yeah, last one at flyweight. At flyweight. Yeah, he made bantamweight, obviously. Right, won. right. And he won, but yeah. this was his first time completely making flyweight. Which congratulations to you, Henry Cejudo. Um, he definitely looked dominant. A lot of cage control, um, great takedowns, working the clinch, just basically using his wrestling. But he also had phenomenal striking. Mm-hmm. Um, he was mostly striking in and out of the clinch, you know, mm-hmm. to use his wrestling to set up his wrestling. But his striking looked amazing. I was very impressed with him, even in the previous match. I think mm-hmm. it was in December when he fought. Uh, was it Dustin Kimura? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know. That match, for the most part, from what I remember, was primarily stand-up, mm-hmm. and Henry was, was was really owning the cage in that one. So this this one, we got to see more of what we would traditionally expect from him with right. take down, cage clinch, control, and takedowns and punishment down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's just to say, yeah, as as we saw, the parts of the fight that were on uh, that were on the feet, it was Henry as well with the striking. Mm-hmm. You know when. Before it'll be before too long, I think that we really start to see him against uh, middle top five or you know five through ten. I, I, I don't think it's too long before we right. see him challenging. Well, Carrie also is number ten, and he a DJ for the title owned him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I, I think it's going to be a fast rise up to uh, the top five. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him up against Joey B. Joseph Benavides. Yeah, like yeah and give him the springboard right to the title yeah. shot. Yeah, because if you can be Joseph B, you belong at, uh, as a title shot. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I like having those running boards and weight classes where it's like, you know, if you can beat the, you know, Misha Tate kind of does it for the bantamweight division. If you can beat they Misha Tate. That, they, they hate that. Yeah. Misha Tate was like, dude, I hate being that gatekeeper. Uh, yeah, it, I hate it. I, I guess it has its good and bad. But, um, <coughs> yeah, if he could beat Joey B, he deserves that title shot. I think speed is going to be the fact, the big factor to beat Henry because yeah. you cannot wrestle the guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, he's definitely severe with his, with his hands and feet. So... Traditionally, you know, not having come up with a, a strategy to beat him because I don't have a fighter that has to fight him. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. But I would think, like, my instinct reaction is you've got to pick apart this. You've got to pick Henry apart. You know, stick and move, jump in, jump out, which speaks to one of DJ's strengths. You know, you might um, be onto something because if you remember after the fight, Cejudo said he felt fatigued. Yeah. Which is bizarro because he looked like he was fresh as could be at the end of the third round. Yeah. Yeah, but if somebody takes him into deep waters there, he could fatigue a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, maybe he's just you know good at poker face po- poker facing it. That's you know? one of the reasons why they call him Mighty Mouse is because he's so damn fast. Yeah, and small, but also <laughs> always his speed, no doubt. He's and he's mighty. Um, yeah. So next we have Roy Big Country Nelson versus Alistar the Ream Overeem. Um, ironically, the only time I saw Alistar Overeem fight in person was for Strike Force at the Dallas. Arena, the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, about it was in 2011. Wow! Yeah, it comes full circle. It comes full circle. So I was like, "Hey, w- w- same arena, same." Oh my gosh! And that was the Fabricio Verdum fight, correct? Yes. So we yes. we looked Fabricio Verdum. Yeah, gotcha. and it, it was the first live MMA event I've ever been to. And I you was saw like, him look much better in this one oh than that. And then just two weeks ago, we interviewed Fabricio Verdun, and now you're watching oh, Alistair Overeem. Oh my gosh! Which is available at afterbuzz. No, youtube.com slash afterbuzz TV. Uh, For free. George, yeah, that was, in fact, I was, we could go to, let's go to the production booth. CEO and big top dog Philip of, of Afterbuzz TV. Was that possibly one of our only Spanish, um, Spanish interviews for Afterbuzz TV? 
Do you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. It was. That is Boom. so impressive. Listen, okay, so let me tell you how it happened, guys. We were at the Invicta FC 11 fights in, in Los Angeles, and we saw Fabrizio Verdum, and me and Jay were like, oh my God, we have to get this interview. So we're like, Fabrizio, Fabrizio, can we get an interview? Nope. <laughs> he goes like, he goes like this, and he I goes, wait, I don't do interviews ever. And we're like, no, he, you're making him sound like such a bad guy. Yeah. That sounded. Make him sound like a great guy. Hold on. So he's like, I don't do <laughs> no, interviews. I don't do there. interviews. And then Not in ang- five, minutes, English, so right? five minutes later, he walks by and goes, Do you speak Spanish? And I go, he does, he does. <laughs> no, 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 well, because yeah, I go up to him. I thought it would have been a really, really good idea if we interviewed him in English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, hey, you know, do you mind getting an interview for AfterBuzz TV? You know, you know, one in English, one in Spanish. He's like, no, 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 no interviews, no interviews. But he came, seemed very shy. He didn't do the, no, I don't do interviews ever. <laughs> you know, obviously he had a lot to do. He was cornering Cyborg that night. No, um, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, I know. So then, I, I mean, he came and found us. It's not like yeah. we asked him again. I, he came, right he back came up and to found us. Like, like, oh, are you, still, are you still free for the interview? I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable in Spanish. I'm like, absolutely. The you gist know? of so, it was just that he simply didn't want to do uh, interviews. <laughs> but anyway, in, in George Hermosa saved the day because he spoke Spanish and he did the whole interview in Spanish. It was really nailed cool. it too. Go nailed watch it. it. No, I didn't. There's, well, a, there's a couple. So. Oh yeah, because you guys don't speak Spanish. Well, yes. If you don't speak Spanish, it's an excellent interview. Go check it out. Nail that thing with some. Uh, that was funny. Um, we, a couple we had a lot of well. good interviews that night. Yeah, go That's check right. it out. The Reem. Uh, the Reem, yeah. He okay. is back and forth with his little career since coming to the UFC. Of course, coming through the gate, beating Brock Lesnar with a brutal kick to the midsection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ending Brock Lesnar's UFC career, maybe temporarily. <laughs> maybe temporarily. <laughs> you know? his, um, ending that run, at least. Kicks honestly looked amazing even like fight. in the beginning in the beginning you saw him really kind of do that front kick that everybody hates he was doing uh, the john jones front kick he was doing <laughs> the, 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 the leg the leg kick to like the shin bone almost mm-hmm. which doesn't seem fun to me and i think it rocked them really a lot overall in the beginning it yeah. really uh affected roy nelson's game then he had those kicks to the midsection and it just oh. looked roy nelson's side. roy nelson's entire mm-hmm. Stomach didn't quite get purple, but there was, was a whole lot of red going on there. And red and yeah. just just about purple. Um, it really looked painful, and he all he was he threw a couple head kicks, and I was like, oh, if those would have landed, those would have been brilliant. Mm-hmm. This was a really strange match mm-hmm. in that. Thank you. Same. I yep. even even knowing the result, I I knew the results before I got to see the the card before uh-huh. I got to watch it, and there's a lot in that match where unfortunately. Guy, neither guy was really throwing. Both guys were really either measuring each other or hesitant about throwing, you know, lest they catch uh, catch a counter shot or something. And you know, I, I'm not sure. I feel like I, I remember hearing some boos some sometime throughout the uh, throughout the match, maybe the second or third. That said, it was a really compelling match to me for whatever reason. I was on the edge of my seat waiting to see when somebody was going to throw and who was going to land a knockaway uh, or a walkaway punch yeah. you know to end the match um and when it didn't happen i, I was still there was still enough suspense but when guys when they did clash it was really fascinating ream looking as as sharp as he ever has in a very long time with the strikes and then roy nelson as well um, he, the thing was fascinating. I mean, he did have his flurries, got Reem up against the cage, and would just fire shots left and right to the head. Reem would cover, and it kept waiting. There were two things. I'm waiting for Nelson to land a body shot and just drop Reem right there on the spot, 
because mm-hmm. it looked like that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or I kept wondering, there were times when Roy would just stop and not fire as well. And the three of us were sitting around going, dude, what are you doing? And he would grab for a double leg, which yeah. I never understood. Overeem seemed very calculated in this fight. He mm. seemed very um, efficient in ve- with his with his time and his energy because I think it's important when you're fighting as a heavyweight. I'm sure, um, you know, obviously cardio is a factor for them, much mm. more so than, you know, the flyweights. So I think they really are more calculative about their strikes. And yeah. when you're fighting a guy like Roy Nelson that has knockout power, that could knock you out at any given mm-hmm. moment. We've seen it a million times. Roy Nelson behind in a fight, and then he lands that one shot, and it's all over. Mm-hmm. So I think Overeem was being very cautious of that, but at the same time... Because he's very, taking some hard shots mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Like Papa Brown, Bigfoot. Absolutely. You know. Um, but he was moving well. He he actually ran away from Roy Nelson one time, which we thought yeah. was kind of funny. Um, and that was a, one of those runaways where if you saw anybody else do it, you go, okay, that guy loses the round. Yeah, but it wasn't. But Reem had already it dominated wasn't pathetic. It was kind of yeah. like, you know. He was getting out of a bad position. He was position. getting out of a bad position, and he did it. And, um, yeah, so I thought he did really good. He looked really good. He kind of um, threw Nelson to the ground at one point, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, showed complete dominance. And I think he just, I, I think he owned that fight. He looked really, really sharp. Maybe the sharpest Alistar Overeem we've seen. Definitely but, recently. Yeah. Recently, because obviously coming in, mm-hmm. he's lost to some guys. And it looked like he was winning some of those fights that he lost against Bra- uh, Travis Brown. Right. Uh, Antonio Silva yeah, those and Ben guys would, the, All those, those fights. Those guys caught Reem. Yeah, easily Reem uh, over him should have won those fights. And I could see that because I, there was a couple of moments in this fight where I was like, oh, God, put your hands up. Please put your yeah. hands back up. He does tend to drop his hands. Um and it scares me because once again they're heavyweights. So at mm-hmm. any moment one of those punches can drop you. So I think if he if he keeps that high guard like he did in the beginning, he's going to be unstoppable. Is, is Jimmy Dos Santos fighting anytime soon? That's um, the fight that's kind of long overdue. It's a very good question. Let's we go can to look it up. the magical rankings, um, and we'll see. Because uh, obviously Fabricio is fighting. Uh, I'm trying to remember, Kane Velasquez. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, last match. No, it doesn't look like he's got anything. Officially booked right now. I see uh, his last match was um, in December against mm-hmm. uh, Stipe. Stipe. And, yeah, uh, nothing else So I'd love to see officially. Overeem against one of those two guys, Stipe Miocic or uh, Junior Dos Santos. I would like There's a lot that. of history with uh, Overeem and Dos Santos dating back a few years. They were supposed to mm-hmm. fight, but then Overeem tested positive, et cetera, et cetera. Oops. Oops. Yeah, but um, we'll see what happens. We can't ignore that huge hook that Nelson landed at the end of the third round that dropped over him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was all over there. I yeah. was like, no, it's going to happen again. Because you're right, it tends to happen to Alistair Overeem. Uh, he he runs runs the cage, owns the fight, and then that last second gets hit by a big punch. Yeah, well, I, I think those uh, those finishes, those losses to Travis Brown and, uh, and Bigfoot, you know, were they earlier shots in like, the fights, or do you know? Uh, I believe the first or second. Okay. Two of them were in the first round, and then Antonio Silva was in the third round. Okay. okay. When you take enough shots like that, and the career that Overeem has had, the right. length of it, and the road wear, um, you know, it, w- when people talk about you're never the same fighter after big knockouts, you know, that would tend to be the case, uh, at least on paper, for, for Overeem. Right. Um, didn't necessarily look at in this match. But who's to say that we won't see that necessarily, you know, in the in the future? Um, so there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I, I don't like I like the idea of uh, of him versus JDS. Yeah. Uh, or Miocic. I, I think he would. Uh, man, I, I think he would have his time with uh, with Stipe there. Mm-hmm. Um, with Roy Nelson taking a page out of the Donald Cerrone book, he uh, hit up Dana White. Said, "Dude, I want to fight. I want to fight He's tomorrow." He's good. He's ready. 
Well, I mean, I don't think there's really much weight he has to cut. So. Did you hear the little Donald Cerrone Ron Rousey story? It was kind of cute. No. They hung out uh, in Dallas over the weekend, and they were drinking together, hanging out together. I don't know if Ronda was drinking, but Donald, of course, was. Um, and they were talking, and she was like, or he was like, what do you think about fighting guys or something like that? And she, he's like, you can't beat me. And she's like, we have gear. Let's do it right now. Like, dead serious. And he was like, respect. And apparently, that's how Donald Cerrone gained his respect for Ronda Rousey. It's a little fun fit. I have to think he had respect for her before that. But he said, you be kidding me. He <laughs> Come said, on. His exact words were, she won me over. So. Okay. Well, if he wasn't won over long before that, I'm surprised. Watch but Steve Ace fighting Mark Hunt. Hmm. Um, All right. So JDS. So JDS. Maybe. There you go. There you Show go. I like issues. it. Matchmaker, George Hermosa in the house. <laughs> Next, we have Johnny Big job. Rig Hendrix, which you can also go to Big Rigs. I think it's either in Oklahoma or Texas. It's a restaurant. He opened his own restaurant, which he eats at during his fight camp. Barbecue. Barbecue, but he, he eats steak and veggies, I saw. Rib tips, fries, hot sauce. Shout out to Common in the famous Resurrection album. Oh, okay. About two people got that reference. Definitely in- include, not. Including, oh, one. <laughs> yeah. You as well? No, that, no, that would you. make it two. Okay. Just All right. One. Well, Just one, one in the house did, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, he has a restaurant. I think it's in Texas. Um, but did you guys – would you guys watch – We have the, computers. In, Let's check it out. Did you guys watch the Embedded series? But in the meantime, no. I'll talk about the fight. For, um, no, I did not. For I'm you, sorry. 185? I did not. Okay, well, they followed him. Tell me about it, Daria. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to. So they followed everybody, of course. Well, the top, you know, three fights. And they followed Johnny Hendricks all around, you know, Texas. And he was in his huge truck. I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called like an 850 or something ridiculous like that. It's a Ford. And it's like, I mean, so giant. Like, it's a monster truck on steroids. Oh, is that it? And that, well, oh. it was really oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's, okay, well, cool. I'm glad it's cool. Chuck truck and not Johnny. It's his big rig. Okay. <laughs> it's his big rig. And, and he was big driving Rick's, it. Big rig steakhouse. 1000 East Main Street, Suite 207, Midlothian, Texas. Texas, Midlothian, whatever Six that is. Six reviews, only two and a half stars. Don't know about that. That's okay. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Not a lot of people, you know. Don't say that about the people of Midlothian. What's it called? Midlothian. Midlothian. Yeah. Maybe not a lot of people go, you know, on the internet to rate it. But maybe it's a great restaurant. If we ever drive through Texas, we have to go to Big Rigs. How about that? Dude, done deal. Done deal. And we'll I'd, hit up Johnny for I'd some. i fly there some... for it, specifically. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so this match then, anyway. <laughs> he beat Matt Brown, beating out of decision, 30-27. Uh, great. I thought Matt Brown had really good defense. You know, obviously Johnny Hendricks won the wrestling game, and Matt Brown was not getting out of those bad positions. Mm-hmm. But he was trying for a while. He had a, a couple reverse uh, kind of inverted triangle yeah, attempts. Yeah, re- inverted triangle. Uh, what was that, in the third round? Yeah, I think um, he had two. He was... Uh, he was in it for as much as, as he could be. I mean, right. dealing with, with Johnny's wrestling um, is, is a big uh, it's a big challenge. And for his, uh, you know, when he could get off the cage, when, when Matt Brown could and when he could throw, um, he was throwing hard just as, just as Matt Brown would. Um, but Johnny, Johnny had that, that strategy, you know. It's, when a wrestler decides that he's, he's going to wrestle you, Notwithstanding the Carlos Barza match, yeah. um, not always. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to uh, to overcome that. Obviously, you striking your ass off, 
and and keeping them against the cage is one way right. of of overcoming that. But um, you know, but wet, Matt wasn't able to do that. But he did challenge, uh, you know, from the ground. He did what he could. Yeah, he definitely did what he could. But, but it was Johnny. A- was 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 safe in you know top position side control a lot of the time as yeah, well. Yeah, he played in his guard a while too, mm-hmm. and there was definitely no fear for Johnny Hendricks. He seemed to pretty much control the ground game. Um, really good Muay Thai by Hendricks as well. He seemed super calm in there. He's always usually uh, he's most of the time he's calm in there, but he seemed extra calm, and mm-hmm. I was just like Johnny Hendricks on fire. I mm-hmm. love it. Where do we where do we put him next? Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone Woodley and Johnny Hendricks. Because I think Dana Wade was, as, as Hendrix was as well, not impressed by, as GSP would say, not impressed by your performance. Yep. You never saw that, did you? No. <laughs> before her t- MMA before Daria's time. Yes. Yeah, I think before she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was born the same time UFC 1 was born. Oh, but this was in 92. So technically if it was before UFC 1. This was in 92. It was in, yeah, yeah, that was before me. So um, I'm really old. Um, but you know, <laughs> no, uh, Hendricks sometimes like, you know, I'm not impressed. I wanted to finish. I'm uh-huh. not impressed. Uh, Dana White agreed. Um, he said he might need to get one more fight before he gets that title shot, which is happening, uh, I think May, June. Um, Robbie Lawler versus Rory, 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 Rory McDonald. Rory mm-hmm. McDonald, yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe, maybe Hendricks and Tyrone Woodley. But what, is Tyrone fighting soon? I'm looking at the, the rankings here. Um, I think he's coming off. I mean, of his Condit's injury. coming back from an injury. I think, no, but I think he's he, scheduled against uh, Eric Silva. I saw Tyron Woodley post an Instagram video the other day. He was on crutches. Woodley beat Gastelum uh, at the end of January. Oh, I yeah, should yeah, remember yeah. that was just a month ago. Yeah, it just happened. Uh, like, does he have any fight anytime soon? No, I don't think he has anything. <laughs> no, uh, he's still injured. Is there a foot? I think it, it was, was a foot, foot injury, yeah. right? Yeah, foot or his knee or his leg, something right. on the bottom half. So, yeah, Johnny's at one. I mean, you're, you're looking for, unfortunately, the problem is it's anybody below that. It, it, the opportunity is for anybody below that. It's not Johnny. Johnny is just like the place. Any match for Johnny is a placeholder. I would say Hector one. Lombard, but he just mm-hmm. got busted. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that. For yeah. roids. Uh, <laughs> Matt Brown, Dunn, Carlos Condit coming off injury. Yeah. Tyrone, you know, we Injured. think you got to sit around for a little bit and wait. Yeah. You, you wait and see. Maybe, you know, God forbid something, something happens happens. to Robbie or Rory. Sign, sign Ben Askren. There you go. Be close to the phone. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yes. And but stick not. him in the first first match in the title match. I like watching Dana. There things. goes your, your, your matchmaking credit. I'm saying Ben Askren versus uh, Johnny Hendricks. <laughs> oh, Ben. For, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. I get my matchmaking back. <laughs> I misunderstood you. My my bad there. Yeah, because um, nothing else makes sense. Nothing know. else does. There's, yeah, there's nothing to, to see do. What happens for the moment? It's kind of like a standstill. I mean, if Condit beats, right but the Condit. I mean, I guess that was years ago. Condit will beat Eric Silva, but Hendricks and Condit already fought years ago. Mm-hmm. But then again, years ago, years ago. Yeah, you know. this is definitely a new Johnny Hendricks, a different, a new and improved. I like this Johnny Hendricks. So we'll see. Um, okay, let's talk about. The first of our two title fights of the night, mm-hmm. Carly Cookie Monster Esparza versus Joanna Yenjacek. Okay, so what happened at the weigh-ins? Joanna gave Carla a cookie and it was expired? Well, I mean, it was like, hey, here's a cookie because I heard you like cookies. Right. Uh, I know, just being friendly and have weird little... Was Joanna it? has that I kind didn't of... Get, I have to say, I didn't see the weigh-ins, so I'm not quite sure other oh. than that very quick clip. But Joanna's always got that weird, you know, the stare... The, not the stare down because she's looking up. The stare but, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Wait a second, but you think it's friendly if she gave her an expired cookie? Well, I mean, it's definitely not hatred, you know? I think it's just kind of playing with the mind games. I think it depends. Whenever she gave the cookie. If it was right at that stare down, 
I would take an especially yeah, it if it was as expired. they were walking okay. together. As they were walking after the weigh-in, uh, he's like, "Oh, here's a Wait cookie." Wait a second, but where do you find expired cookies? Because it was oh, like an individually wrapped. Ralph's, t- Albertsons. You think they have expired anywhere ones? except Trader Joe's? I mean, obviously, I think at no point was she expecting Carla to eat the cookie. You know what I mean? Well, I hope not. But. Carla did post a status that said, should I eat it or shouldn't I? So I guess she didn't realize the <laughs> expiration date when she said that. But, um, no, I think she was definitely playing a little bit of a mind game because she also told Carla when she when uh, they did a face-off the day before, mm-hmm. and she told her when she walked away, what, what are you smiling for? What are you smiling for? And, you know, so I think she's trying to kind of play with her head a little bit. It's just occurring to me, too. What? You know how long it takes for a cookie to go bad? That's what I'm saying. Wait a We're, second here. Well, thank you. Far longer than Yoanna had this match. Like, that cookie has been good since Tough 19, let alone That's Tough 20. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Carla so where did you find an expired cookie? Carla Sparza Spar- Spar- did, did tweet. <laughs> she did tweet earlier today. She said, damn it, I knew I shouldn't have had that expired cookie. Oh, she did? LOL, JK. She said that? Are yeah. you making this up? No. I'm so we don't know oh, if she funny. had it or not. Well, but I mean, she, at least she's able to smile JK. about it the next day. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. but what is the truth? Did she have it? Or she just, oh, I, no, knew, no. I knew I shouldn't have had that cookie. No, because then she, I remember, I'm sorry, she posted after that that the UFC staff told her not to eat it. Okay. Oh, no, no, that's, never mind, that's a fan that gave her cookies. That's not the Ioana cookie. She, they probably advised her the same, though, with the Ioana cookie. I mean, she I would definitely that. trust Ioana even, even before though was, I would trust a fan. Yeah, no, a fan gave way. her a thing of homemade cookies, and they said, yeah. she's like, I would love to eat these, <coughs> but the UFC staff told me I can't. God knows what's in them, and yeah. I might test positive. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's these funny. Co- these are special cookies. Yeah, well, you never Just know. make sure you eat them after your ma- 24 hours after your match, out of competition. Yep. <laughs> well, whether it was the sour cookie, uh, a lot of people were commenting on Carla Esparza, Car- Carla Esparza's face when she was walking out. But that's that's her normal face. She, if you've ever seen her walk out, she always has that kind of serious, monotone, serious. Yeah. I mean, not everybody can have that Ronda Rousey mean mugging face. No, right. to, that's that, that's one. <laughs> That's yeah. That's well, one that's in a million. Unique, yeah. No, but she just she she literally like she has a poker face. You don't know what expression yeah. she's giving. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried to look at her and I was like trying to read her and I was like I don't know what you're trying to portray. But hmm. um, so she's kind of hard to read. So I don't think she looked bad or anything on on her way out. I think she looked the normal Carla. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if the head games played a factor. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Do you think any of that I don't mattered? Believe it. No. You think it's too high of a level to let that stuff get in the way? Or yeah, between too professional between the team. Carla and her training experience. Um, I don't. I don't know what it is. In the post fight interview, I think um, I. I don't want to misquote her, but I, I think she had said something about just she didn't feel right. She wasn't. Uh, she said she wasn't didn't feel herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, she kept that, emphasizing the whole uh, you know no excuses. You know, she was better. So the fact that she kept mentioning that kind of felt like she wanted to say something, but she didn't want to. You know, because right, yeah, people, it led us to believe that because she 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 said in the post fight interview she said. Um, you know, personal things play a toll yeah, in fights, yeah. and so do injuries. But I'm not making any excuses. So yeah, yeah. that leads me to believe, the journalist that I am, that there is possibly a personal problem or an injury. But, hey, maybe we'll find out in You know, in at the days. end of the day, I hate to use a cliche, but you've just got to make sure that you are at the top of your game on that day. Fight day is the only day that matters. All the uh, work goes into every day, the two or three months before that. Right. But you can have those good and bad days. The one day that you've got to be on your game is fight day. Yeah. And you've got to hope that the other person is not quite on their game as much so that you can win. Well, it's, it's a really weird thing because it's like kind of like a superstition that 
every fight something goes a little bit wrong. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you try to make that day, as a fighter, you try to make your fight day perfect. You know, everyone does it. You know, your family knows how to act. Your friends know how to act. Your boyfriend or significant other knows how to act. You know, and you kind of try to make everything perfect. And something always ends up going wrong. You know what I mean? Just that little thing. And I feel like you either let it get to you or you don't. You know what I mean? Donald Cerrone has a big belief where he's like, you know, fuck super... I don't know if I'm going to say that. (laughs) But I just said it. (laughs) Now we got to have the E on the I was going to segue and say, Production Monkey Steven, we should get uh, Lou Reed Perfect Day. Cue it up. Let's have a perfect podcast. What? I was just kidding. But again, you know, musical reference, Lou Reed, Perfect Day. You guys know that those days just don't have, they just kind of happen organically, spontaneously. You can't plan it for fight day. You try as much as you can. And that's what the two or three months of training is for. For it to be right. as close to it's a great song. You don't know what I'm talking nope. about? Nope. And anyway, Again, so, that came, Lou Reed came before your time as well. I'm sure he did. Or she. So, Ronda Rousey, oh, is this a song? Ronda Rousey's mom used to make her do competitions while she was sick just to get her in the habit of your fight day is never going to be perfect, <laughs> but you still have to perform. Mm-hmm. So she used to force, like, she would have little injuries and her mom would be like, all right, go do, go do a judo tournament. No. Just to get her in that champion mindset of like, no matter what. I'll perform. We should all have Ronda Rousey's. We mom. should all do that. Yeah. I did. I did a. I did a tournament on my birthday a couple years ago, and I had strep throat. So I'd like to think well, I'm on that go. level. I mean, there yeah. you go. We'll, I'm, we'll, I'm right there, Ronda. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in the next fight. Uh, but with this fight, who would you give the next title shot to? It's still a relatively oh. very very new oh. division. Oh. Oh. Uh, do you? Give I'd give Carlo? it to Daria. <laughs> I, I'd give it to me too, but hey, that's why I'm not the matchmaker. I mean, uh, I'm not either. Wait, I don't think. I know we were talking about uh, a few weeks ago about maybe getting immediate rematches, but I don't think Carla should get one. No, 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 gosh, no. definitely not. No, there's so many fun girls in this division. There's so much good stuff to play with. Don't do that. Um, I wait till who's does Rosie Namajunas have a fight set up? Yes. Who is she I fighting? I forgot. Um, Look it up. Paige. No, no, no. No, that, no, that's, no. A dream that's, fight. that's Felice Herrig and Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah. You um, got Claudia right under Joanna, then Jessica Penne is at number three. Um, our girl, Rose, Nina. Nina, Rose, and Nina Ansaroff in, uh, in she May. She has a fight. Okay. Uh, I, I know Jessica Penne doesn't. Tisha's fighting Angela Hill. Uh, Joanne's wow. fighting Marina Munoz, who's not ranked. Um, yeah, Paige is fighting Felice. So. Yeah, I, I think you either give her. Uh, the winner of the Rose fight or the winner of the Jessica Penne fight? Um, but, but Jessica Penne's not fighting. Oh, she's not fighting? No. Jessica beat Randa. Her last match was with yeah, Randa. Maybe you give her Jessica Penne. I mean, Jessica Penne, the only interesting thing about that is that Carla Esparza outstruck Jessica Penne. And Jessica Penne is known to have really good boxing. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that going by statistics and what's on paper, Joanna would wipe the floor with Jessica standing up. Um, I mean, if she can, anything yeah. can happen in the sport as it's we very saw true. today. A lot of the time, it's not yesterday. necessarily it's not so white and black like that. A lot of the time, different styles match up differently. So maybe you give her Jessica Penne. Maybe you give her the winner of the Rose fight. Yeah, what do I you mean, think? yeah, it's I don't gonna think be a good you wait fight until uh, somebody keep you wait until May to see what happens. You Just, do or you don't. I don't think you wait that. No, long. you give her. You give no. her. Because I think it needs to be built up. The mm-hmm. Joanna needs, and that title needs to be built up. Yeah. so you keep it busy. Um, I don't know. Jessica, possibly. But um, yeah, that's, a, that's a tough one because, yeah, there's something to be said for, um, for seeing the result of Rose. Uh, what is that? The May 
the year's blazing by. Is that about two months away? Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half, because we'll have our next fight night uh, the week after that. So, um, but Rose fighting Nina, is she, I'm looking at the list, I don't even see her listed here. Um, if Nina beats Rose, then d- does she jump up that far ahead? I guess she does, does jump that far ahead. Right. Um, Crazier things have happened. Yeah, but you could justify a rematch with Claudia. Because it was so close, I was thinking about that. I yeah. was, but then I'm, I'm like, do they, you know, do they want to? But keep it's not the champ that, and build it for a little while. Yeah, that's not a name match at all. But no. you are going to need. Hey, look at that point. Like Claudia's name, or I'm sorry, Joanna's uh, name means as much as as, as Fight Pass name. Unfortunately. Um, so you might as well put it. There's no star to necessarily put in there, you know? Jessica's name is a little bit better known because of the season than Claudia's. But if Claudia and Johanna, that match was so close and you've got a storyline there, you have to build up all the women in that division. Right. That I mean, may be the right way to go. This weight class is really exciting because, like you said, we're at the beginning of it. So mm-hmm. we have so many stars to build. And there there, there are going to be stars in this weight class, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's going to be girls in the, in the next couple of years that are going to be blossom and bloom and really stick out personality and fight wise but there's none of them right but now. but it's not right now yeah. and it's really tough and yeah. uh from a promoter you know standpoint i don't know what you do you just try to build those stars you, you try to give her the best fights possible and you know go with the names you have the felice herrig the mm-hmm. the rose namayunas a little bit um you know you go with the names you build on the show a little bit the women's strawweight title is going to be the number two title when it comes to main events on uh, on, on TV on mm-hmm. pay-per-views for a while mm-hmm. um, you might maybe you stick that on Fox and and hope that it gets seen by on, on a uh, fight night um, or UFC on Fox they did that with DJ in, in the flyweight title mm-hmm. yeah the um, and it got people a little bit more uh, more aware of, of DJ and, and right. that division in general so that's a possibility but I think you you, you may do that rematch or Jessica. Right. You know. Well, let's hope that they're masterminds yeah. way beyond about, us. Something to can... think about how scary good this Joanna chick can be. Uh, she even said it in a quote in an interview. She said, I was working so hard on my wrestling. So she's not just a striker. She's like, I'm not a striker anymore. I'm a complete mixed martial artist. I was ready for her takedowns. I'm natural. Just me. You know. That's it. That's it. Like, so just straight up, like, everybody's going to think that just, oh, she's got the best striking. Who knows? That's probably going to be, who knows the development of her as far as, yeah. maybe she's going to submit somebody in her next fight. Maybe she's going to be you the one know. to take someone down. So mm-hmm. maybe to the point where, you know, everybody's going to be afraid to take down or to strike with her. They're like, oh, now i got to take her down. But, oh, man, now she's, like, smothering me with this. So who knows? Who knows? You know? Who knows what We definitely happen. saw She's a, definitely a an gem. athlete. She seems very athletic. She's fought over 70 or 80 Muay Thai fights, I think she said. Uh, six-time world champ. But, I mean, there's a lot to be said about the fact that um, we have time. It's just now starting this weight class. So we have time mm-hmm. to build this. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with it. It says she's the first European-based UFC champion. Now, not European-born, obviously not, because we had Bass Rutten and I want to say Arlovsky. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm. Is she the one, the first one tr- that just strictly trains in Europe? She lives in Poland, I believe. I'm trying to think. I know she mentioned that she wanted to uh, at least fight more regularly in the U.S. She's not mm. necessarily looking to get on the polling So card. is she the, maybe the first European-based anyway. champion? I guess. Yep. You read Fair it to on say. the internet? Uh, for, first European-based UFC champion. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument for, well, not argument, but factually, uh, Liam McGreary, uh, McGeary, I believe, just uh, won the Bellator Light Heavyweight Championship mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And he's still living in London or 
England, as far as I know. Right. Um, but in the U.S. And, that, and that's a major. Yeah, obviously, it's a fair enough to say it's a, a major, uh, major MMA title in the in North America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this might be the first European-based UFC, uh, UFC champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And props to her for it. So, uh, so that of the said, two title matches. you know, as I was saying, the, anything can happen in this sport, and I think yes. we we saw that with. We saw that with the, the Cookie Monster Joanna match. We are seeing this with Showtime Pettis and Rafael Desanos. So you were more surprised another this turnaround. I really was. I, I was shocked. Were we more surprised? This one or TJ versus Hendon Burrell? Because I compare this to that mm. as opposed to very just similar. Dos Anjos just coming so prepared. It's yeah. a and very similar feeling um, because we all knew TJ Dillashaw was tough and really good and really technical. No one underrated him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we had so much faith in Hendon Burrell. Um, I think that was more of a shock, right? Because Hannah Burrell was reigning champ longer, right, mm-hmm. than Anthony Pettis. Yeah. Anthony Pettis is a fairly new champion in the sense that he's only had one title defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, it's not as shocking. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like Jose Aldo got beat like that. You know what I mean? So I think, but I was still shocked because, like I said, I love Anthony Pettis and I really believed in his style of fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I really his, thought he was going to be the face of the lightweight division for well, at least too. for like a year or two. I really did. Hmm. And he was on the Wheaties box. I hope he stays on the Wheaties box hmm. if that's like an <laughs> ongoing deal. I really liked, you know, it's a first MMA fighter, only well, MMA well, fighter. Conor McGregor just got signed for Lucky Charms. Really? Oh, jeez. No. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, it was a good fight. <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, that would have been cute. RDA. It was Count Chocula. Los Angeles. No, Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, what surprised me in, just in general was that these matches were not more competitive mm-hmm. than they were. It didn't surprise me that Dos Anjos won. I think I think he did a decent shot at it. And Johanna, I knew – I expected that one to be kind of a, a barn burner, you know, more of a 50-50 even challenge going to decision than right. it was. Um, so that said, though, Dos Anjos clearly was at the top of his game. Um, Pettis – I don't think it's going to take him too long to turn things around and, and get back. But, you know, Pettis, there was just so so little uh, competition there. You know, I, I taken nothing away from Anthony's skills. Um, I was surprised to see him stay against the cage for as long as he did. Right. And, you know, he much like Matt Brown, when he did strike, he was pushing back with combos straight to the head and, you know, had his, his fair share of, uh, um, of, of counter-striking, you know. But... Couldn't get off. Couldn't. Uh, no. Just, I think they it didn't have any answers for him. I know? think it really all had to do with Dosanios controlling the pace and the movement mm-hmm. of the fight. Had Anthony Pettis come out and controlled the cage more, I think he would have done a lot better. But the fact that Dosanios pushed the fight where he wanted it to go, which mm-hmm. was against the cage, which is, to be honest, Anthony Pettis' kryptonite. Like, Anthony Pettis is such a long fighter. Mm-hmm. He's a Taekwondo, you know, karate background. Uh, striker who really likes to use his length and his reach to his advantage, and he's not a clinch guy. So, and he uses his head kicks, his his, his long jabs, his long straight rights, and I don't think he was able to get that off because he was backed up against the cage for so much of the fight. But he is able. I mean, Rufus Sport and the Muay Thai program and kickboxing that they have there, that level is is certainly elite. You know, the, more than anybody else, I'd say more than anybody else that knows how to use the cage. Talk about Anthony Pettis, you know, just from the Showtime kick itself. Granted, that wasn't right. him coming off the cage, but, you know, nobody else has used the cage like that. Yeah, I mean, it I'm, surprised not saying, me. I'm not saying he doesn't know how to use the cage, but he's definitely a better fighter when he's in the center of the cage owning mm-hmm. the distance, and he didn't do that today. And that's what's baffling is why he wasn't able to, to get right. to the center. I'm, sh- You know, 
Of course he knows how to get get off the cage to the center and turn around positioning. Well, you know, some people's pressure is just so tough that yeah. you can't get off. Yeah. It's, it's not that you don't know how. It's just sometimes the pressure is so tough and yeah. your vision kind of goes, your peripherals go away uh, mm-hmm. figuratively. You know, you, you can't really see what else is out there. Yeah. And you're, you get stuck in the moment in, in a brawl or in whatever situation you're in. Yeah. You know, it's a lot different when you're in there. Yeah. And it speaks to the dominance of Rafael Dos Anjos there. Yeah, but he did plus, amazing. Speaking of what we were saying last, last uh, fight, uh, Dos Anjos came in with an injured MCL. Injured it a few Did they say ago. it was torn? Partially uh, torn. Think, Partially torn. See, that's interesting. I don't understand that injury because it was a similar injury that Heather Jo Clark had and still fought with. Mm-hmm. She had a torn ACL, right? I believe I so because she was out for a while. Yeah, it was a yeah. torn ACL and she fought with it torn. And then now she's or Did she fight with it? She had to pull out, didn't she? No. Oh, after the, after the Felice fight. After the Felice fight, right, yeah, right, right. she fought with it. But then... Somebody else got a torn ACL, and it was like, you know... Yeah. It was uh, Justine Kish, right? Justine Kish, and she yeah. was out immediately. So maybe mm-hmm. there was a difference in tearage. Maybe one was way worse than the other. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know if that's, like, a factor, but it's so weird that to be fighting on a torn MCL. Do you have details there, George? It just says that he popped his knee, uh, got a strong knee. He didn't do uh, open kick and open workouts. He didn't grapple. Uh, wow. So kind of have that layoff, and then still kind of dominate the way he did. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Well, sometimes when your back is up against the wall... He was close to pulling out of the fight. When your back is up against the wall... Really? You refuse to get your back up against the cage. Boom! How about that? Marinate on that one for a I while. Mean, it, I, guess, I guess it was bad, but I guess not a, not bad enough to have surgery. So I guess that kind of... That, that yeah. means a lot, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it's that so knows. interesting, though. I mean, I knock on wood, never had those injuries, so I don't know what that feels like, but yeah. I can't imagine going in with such a big injury. Hmm. Good night of fights. Clearly didn't affect him. So, there were 17,000 people in attendance. It's a pretty good uh, turnout for Dallas, Texas. They said that the fans uh, seemed very educated. That's always exciting, knowing mm-hmm. when we go into, you know... Yeah, well, at this stage of the game. I mean, they've been back there several times mm-hmm. in this stage of the game in the U.S. Um, I think you do get... Fans do know MMA. Has you, the UFC ever been to Poland? No? I think they just announced that they're going to be there, right? Yeah, that, that'll be that's their first show. Krokop Gonzaga. Oh, yeah, right, April. right. Mm-hmm. Yoana will certainly yeah. do well if she fights there. Possibly Russia. I mean, that, that's like in a couple weeks. So I don't think she's going to fight right. there. Well, oh, you're saying, you're saying in the future. In, in the future. Yeah, the event will be the first that organization has hosted in Poland. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so, she'll be in attendance. So I'm sure she'll be. I'm sure she'll be yeah, there representing at least. somebody. Um, well, she lives there. Part of the there was no fight of the night, expansion. but there was four performance bonuses. Rafael mm-hmm. Dos Anjos, Joanna, Jan Jacek, Ross Pearson, and Benil Darush. Mm-hmm. I, guess, uh, I had Benil in, in watching uh, the undercard. Benil definitely mm-hmm. was a was a contender for that. Ross, Ross Pearson, Pierce. too. That was Ross beautiful. as well. I mean, yeah. Speaking of uh, what we were just saying, Jojo. Or not Jojo. Speaking of Jojo. Uh, Joanna. Uh, Jojo is actually fighting in Poland. So you got to think if she looks dominating. Joanne Calderwood. Yeah. You're speaking of. You, you got to. Maybe a little that something. That would be quite something. a jump. Where do we got here? Uh, Where is she? She's right? number six. Number six. Yeah. Oh, that's not. Who's her opponent? Uh, Marina Moros. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I I said, just, I guess, that's what I said. Based on how she beats her, like if she yeah. comes out and just uh, Ronda Rousey's her, right? Can't believe that's a verb now. But <laughs> um, and you know who knows? Like like, like you've said it earlier, stranger things have happened. Oh yeah, the Joe Soto, um, uh, T.J. Dillashaw fight mm-hmm. was bizarre. There, there's crazy things that happen. So that would hopefully not surprise that doesn't and, happen again. And, no. and Claudia, we don't want that. And Claudia Gadelia fights in Poland on the Poland card. She too. was impressive. She's. It's interesting, though, because we've already seen her against our new champ. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so you almost want to see that rematch pretty soon. Claudia fights in Poland, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ashley Daly, Ash the Bash. See, now that's all the, oh, okay. You what? know what, then. What's Ash the Bash ranked? That's what I would, uh, that's what I aim for for the next nine. title match. That's that, just a couple of weeks away. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Ash the Bash is, uh, is number nine. So going back to that, though, you've got, you've got this storyline that not a lot of people know about except for the people that saw the fight, right? Claudia right. And, and Joanna. Right. So Joanna at Claudia's match in Poland, in Joanna's hometown, mm-hmm. right? Or home country, rather. Mm-hmm. Presumably, if Claudia wins, then the people are most likely going to boo the hell out of her. Because they beat, uh, no, th- no, I've got that backwards, don't I? <laughs> I'm so close. I got to write this down on paper. Even matchmakers got to go to notes. But you, you know what? You're, you see where I'm going with? Yeah, are you saying that it's a close match, Claudia? If Claudia beats Claudia, didn't beat Joanna in the previous match. Joanna won. Joanna won, but, but it was a close match. It was a close she, match, yeah. So if she looks good right. there, and there's the argument of it was a close match against the current champion, right. and then she dominates in the champion's home country, boom, there's a little bit more seasoning for the chunky that. fight stew, fight storyline stew that yep. we're cooking up. You yep. smell me? Claudia was the one, <laughs> if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that wasn't on the Ultimate Fighter because she didn't speak any English, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I'm relying on you guys on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those Because there was three two. girls that couldn't be on for various reasons. One Page was, for the age. Right. Page yeah. for the age. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> That's funny. Um, okay, and next event is Maya versus LaFlair. Mm-hmm. Fight uh, night this weekend. Next weekend, yep. Josh Koshik fights in that card. Fast turnaround props to Josh. He's, yes. he's wasting no time. Oh. Yeah. Josh Koshik. Who's he fight? Eric Silva. Wow. Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Condit was fine, Silva. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it was Eric Sayat. Uh, ben Saunders dropped out. That's okay. Gotcha. Wow, look at that. So they're wrapping us up. Seven days. We'll see you guys again, huh? Let's talk about a great show that happened last weekend. The U of MMA. Jay Tan mm. put on a wonderful show. Um, I had a really exciting fight. I ended up losing, guys, but it was Aww. super fun, and it you was can watch. Super you close. Womp, womp, womp. No, nope. too heartbroken, Stephen, for that sound effect. Oh, I know he's gonna cry. <laughs> a little sad face, guys. Hey, like, I was upset too. Yeah, it was. To be fair, it was a. It, it was one of the top night uh, fights of the night. We had quite a few. Uh, we have not yet announced our official Dean's List Performance Awards, but there are conversations <laughs> to be had regarding people in this room. I'll just say. Um, but really, you know, a fantastic night. Very proud of everything. And the next show is uh, May thirty first. L.A. Live in downtown L.A. Hopefully you guys can come out, meet us all. I will be there for sure. These two will be there we in one capacity or another. One or another. And feel free to hashtag, uh, hashtag ABTVUFC. We want to talk to you guys. Yeah. Let us know what you're thinking. You can find the, the little Twitter thing. Bye, guys. you later. Oh, it's not there? Okay. It's, it's uh, right there. It's right there. At G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. At Dairy B 28 JTAN716. See Boom. you guys later. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Later, buzz you. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.